Who's had an awesome week being the church? Did you get connected with anyone during the week? Did you do anything together? Yeah? Fantastic. It's good fun, isn't it? So we're continuing our series on the church. What is church? So before I really get into the message, let me, let me describe a community to you. So let me just put this out there and, and let's see if you can um, guess what type of community I'm talking about. So um, this, is, this particular community is not just a place you go to once a week. It's a lifestyle. People say that this community makes them happy. It's full of like-minded people. There's a real team atmosphere. It makes them feel better as an individual. And there's this real sense of camaraderie and family. And everybody there knows your name. And everybody loves you. And you, you just know that you're part of something bigger. Uh, it's a passion. It's a commitment for you. And uh, when people in this community feel discouraged, you know, they're accountable to that community that's there in their, their local group. Everyone is welcoming, everyone is cheering you on. Uh, they don't let you quit, even if you want to quit. People there are, are sharing an experience and it often gets a bit emotional. It can be raw and intense and, and, and just awesome in its, its intensity. And uh, someone's uh, transformation that results from being part of this community is something that they find themselves expressing in their everyday life in numerous different ways and, and different activities. And I wonder, I mean, it's, I mean, maybe it's a bit of a giveaway given our series, but, but what sort of community do you think I'm talking about? Biker gang. Maybe close. Church? Sounds like church, doesn't it? Biking Gang Church. We could do a series on that maybe, I don't know. Let's, let's watch the video and, and see, see if it's the Bikey Gang or maybe if it might be church. You haven't heard of CrossFit? Let me tell you about CrossFit. CrossFit is a lifestyle in which you are prioritizing your health. The ability to do many different things at a high level of intensity. I think it's the absolute best way to help you reach your fitness goals. For me, it's making me happy. A fun way to get fit with lock mode like the last person finishing is just as important as the first one. It's this team atmosphere that ends up making you better as an individual. It's camaraderie, that family that you end up building, and the energy that you get back from it yourself. That's CrossFit to me. When you come to a CrossFit gym, everybody knows your name, everybody loves you, and you're a part of something bigger than just getting a workout. CrossFit gave me that something extra that I kind of needed in life. It's my outlet. I love it. It's my passion. It's commitment. CrossFit is a sport now. I like the challenge. I compete with myself. Um, I'm healthier. I am stronger. Even though I was sore, I was, you know, would get a little discouraged. You know, I felt accountable to my community, or I felt accountable to my class, because they were looking for me there. Finding CrossFit and having to work really dang hard for whatever your goal is, whether it's to compete or just get a damn pull-up. I love it, because the workout's different every day. I can come in and I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone is welcoming, everyone is cheering you on. They don't let you quit, even if you want to quit. We all share this experience, which is emotional. It doesn't look emotional. It looks like people working out. 
but it's emotional. I mean, it's raw, it's, it's intense, it's, it's incredible, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it for a long time, I hope. CrossFit to me is a fitness program where the reward for doing well is the ability to express your fitness in everyday life in as many different planes or as many different activities that you can possibly imagine. People walk through the door and say, hey, where's all the machines? Where are the machines? You would have been close. <laughs> Our standards mightn't be high enough then if you'd rather um, <laughs> church the gym. So CrossFit, it's the latest trend in social fitness. Did you know that? Began in the year 2000. In 2005, they had 13 gyms. Now they have around 13,000 gyms in 120 countries all around the world. And the reason it's so popular is because it works. It gets results. And uh, if you didn't pick it up from the video, CrossFit is a, a means of combining elements of weightlifting, gymnastics, and cardiovascular exercise. And the beauty of CrossFit is that everyone is in it together. Everyone's motivating one another. Uh, it, it's a, a sport where the last person to finish gets uh, more high fives than the first person who finishes the workout. And so it's kind of a gym, come sport, come lifestyle, come community, come family. It's people coming together with the shared goal of fitness, knowing that it's intense community and real accountability that sees people's bodies transformed through fitness. Now, in churches, we talk about every believer ministry. Well, in CrossFit, it's kind of like every person is a trainer and coach. Uh, and for many people, CrossFit is like their church. And you can find quite a few articles on the website that talks about the, the, the parallels and the similarities for people. There are two words that, that really sum up CrossFit. Fierce and friendly. Fierce and friendly. And you know what? Churches need to get hold of this culture. Because I believe fierce and friendly is what sums up what church culture needs to be if we are to fulfill God's mandate for our lives and for the church. We are the church. We are the fierce and friendly ones. How does that sound to you? This passage from Hebrews, it tells us exactly this. It says, church, you are to be the fierce and friendly ones. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.24 is advice for the people of God who come together as the church or the ecclesia. Do you remember our, our word from last week? If you didn't get last week's sermon, jump online, have a listen because some of this will make a bit more sense to you. But, but we are the people of God who come together as the church or as the ecclesia uh, and do the business of heaven. And this verse tells us that we are to have a think about we're to 
understand just how exactly we can spur one another on. Now, this little word here, spur on, it's, it's an interesting kind of word. It means to stir up, means to motivate, but, but to motivate in a kind of irritating, provoking to anger and challenge sort of way. It's, a, it's not a comfortable, placid kind of word. It's, it's kind of like a motivate with a sharp stick kind of word. Um, parents are probably going to be familiar with the concept of spurring on. And, and look, I won't give too many specific examples, but parents, you know what it is in your house when you need to motivate someone with a bit of a sharp stick kind of motivation and you're kind of provoking them and they're getting uncomfortable and maybe you're provoking them to the point of irritation, either theirs or sometimes yours. And that's kind of what we mean here with this word, spur on. It's a bit of an edgy kind of word. What motivates you to get up and get moving? A relaxing massage or a large brown snake? Hmm. <laughs> um, what, what motivates you to clean up at home? I mean, the fact that your home's messy or that you've got people coming over, hey? Like, we all need a motivational stick to get moving. It's human nature, isn't it? Hebrews 10.24 is saying, think about how to motivate people like that. Think about how to propel change and action in other people's lives and you might have to make them a little bit uncomfortable to do it. Think about how we can provoke and prod and challenge each other to love more and do more good things. So the Ecclesia, if we are to do the business of heaven, we need a bit of a firm yet loving motivation. The Ecclesia are going to need a motivational stick. We need provoking, we need challenging, we need stirring up. Now, what makes CrossFit get results and what makes CrossFit see transformation in people's lives? I think CrossFit get the concept of spurring on because CrossFit is fierce and it has three things that makes it fierce. It has high standards, it has accountability and it has a shared goal. And these are the three things that make CrossFit fierce and a bit tough and not for the faint-hearted. Because CrossFit is hard work. I mean, it takes humility. You've got to leave your ego at the door because workouts are tough and the sense of team is so strong. And it's not about you being the best or the strongest. It's about everyone being better and stronger and fitter. So let's have a look at these, these three aspects of being fierce. CrossFit has high standards. So CrossFit has what they call the, the WOD, the workout of the day. And everyone completes this workout. And it's a high-intensity, focused, intentional workout. And there are repetitions of squats and lifts and runs and tyre flips, like tractor tyre flips, not... not um, Lego car tyre flips, tractor tyre flips, and, and, and everyone has to complete them. Like, everyone does the same workout. You're not modifying this workout for the, the strong ones 
or for the weak ones, everyone is held to the same standard. So those who are new or weak or are struggling to complete the workout, they're not given something different to do. They're not given lower standards. Instead, they're motivated and they're encouraged and they're taught and they're cheered on. No one looks down on them for not being as strong or as fit as everyone else. Now, funnily enough, I actually used to do CrossFit, would you believe? Um, <laughs> the even funnier thing is I didn't realise it was CrossFit until I was halfway through my sermon last night and I went, I used to do CrossFit. I had no idea that's what it was called. Go figure. Anyway, when I did CrossFit in Leeton, I was given the same tractor tyre to flip as our ex muscly ex-army trainer who looked more like the Hulk than the suburban English teacher that he actually was. And he didn't discriminate against me because I was a weakling. He, he set the same standards for me as everybody else in, in the gym. And I tell you what, this guy had high standards, <laughs> like, like way higher than I would ever set for myself. I, I'd be pretty content to flip a car tyre five times. You know, but, but, but he had a higher standard. Flip a tractor tyre five times. I'd be content just to go for a bit of a quick sprint. He set a higher standard for me. Go running, holding some weights. Do it seven times. And, you know, when I complained to him that I couldn't do it, when I, like, rolled my eyes and gave him that death stare at being asked to do 50 squats, like, are you kidding me? 50 squats? He didn't shrink back. Like, he didn't say, oh, that's okay then. You can just, just sit down and you just watch. Um, he didn't get worried that I'd suddenly get up and leave and never come back to the gym again. He just smiled, laughed at me and said, yes, you can. Off you go now. And I would. Uh, you know, the, cross, the, the standards of CrossFit are fierce. They are not easy. And in the church, we should be setting the same high standards for one another, for personal growth, because everyone's goal is to become more like Christ. And we have a pretty high standard, don't we? Jesus. That's, that's, that's like the tractor tires of personal development, isn't it? It's a high standard. Anything less is not what we are made for. Anything less is, is it's less. We're all striving for that standard. And in church life, you know, it can be easy to overlook sin or complacency or stagnated spiritual growth because, you know, we don't want people to feel pushed and we don't want them to get offended and, and we don't want them to feel uncomfortable. But the power of the gospel is present to bring incredible transformation to people's lives. You know, and we, we hinder the growth of his kingdom and we fail to do our, our business as, as the ecclesia, as the church, if we don't hold each other to the same high standards that Jesus has set for his people. You know, if you're serious about your salvation, you'll be serious about seeing God bring transformation in the way you think, 
about yourself, in the way you think about others, in the way you think about God. Salvation is not just about going to heaven when you die. It's about becoming the person, the human being that God intended you to be. And that starts now. You don't, you don't have to wait for heaven for that process to sort of start unfolding for you. It's about having the, the very life and essence of Jesus fill you and make you new. It's about being victorious over sin, victorious over selfishness, victorious over your ego, your ambitions, your laziness, your fears. Anything less is falling short of the love and the good deeds that you are made for. Don't settle for less. Hebrews 10.24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So these love and good deeds, what do you think they are? Love and good deeds. What, what do you think God's standard for love and good deeds is? I mean, human standards for love and good deeds, they're, they're hard enough for most people on a daily basis, aren't they? But God's standards, whew. Yeah, yeah, to die for one another. Yeah, that's right. We are God's people and his standard is fierce. His standard is mighty. It's strong. It's big. And you know what you're going to need to outwork that standard? You're going to need each other. You're going to need the church. You're going to need accountability. You need the church to help you to, to do this. You know, it's not an easy life that you are called to. You are called to imitate Christ. You are called to be God's ambassadors, to represent the, the creator of the universe, to be his people. And, and that is a fierce calling. Would you agree? Is that a fierce calling? Yes. It's tough. And here's the thing, if you're not finding it a bit tough, you haven't really wrestled with what repentance and holiness and salvation and being born again really looks like. I mean, yes, we have the Holy Spirit to help us and empower us, but it's not just the Holy Spirit in, in us as an individual that, that will purify and grow us. It's also the Holy Spirit in others too that will outwork that in our life and that will empower us. If you are called to be part of the church, then, then I tell you what, it's more than just learning a few Bible stories and singing some songs. It's about more than a social group or a place to feel happy. Now, now we want you to be happy here. We want you to enjoy church community as just this awesome place to, to, to enjoy others and, and to have fun together. But it's so much more than that, isn't it? The ecclesia of God is fierce. <clears throat> the thing about CrossFit is it's done in a group setting. You don't just plug your earphones in and listen to your Spotify playlist. It's not just about your personal workout and your personal stats. Your success in CrossFit is bound up in the success of the rest of the group. 
You can't cheat and get away with doing less. You can't throw the towel in and give up on your workout early because others are going to notice. Others will stop you. Others will help you get through the workout. After the CrossFit session, you know, people are going to text you and see how you're doing. They're going to share tips for sore muscles or healthy eating. They're going to check in with each other. They're going to socialise together. They're going to be friends with one another. You know, the, the health, diet and fitness industry have figured out that for people to transform physically, for their behaviour to change in the long term, they need to be part of a group and a community, people who motivate them and keep them accountable to their goals. We need fierce accountability here in the church. The stuff I teach on Sundays, the things you hear from God on Mondays, all of these things are to be outworked and applied and wrestled with and thought about and prayed through together. You'll forget it if you try to do it on your own. You'll slack off. I can guarantee you, you, you will slack off. You'll decide it's too hard. You'll get distracted. You'll, you'll think of only maybe one angle or one solution. You know, we need each other to be stretched and accountable. Think about the parable of the seeds. Who's familiar with the parable of the seeds? So we've got different types of soil in the parable of the seeds. There's the seed that falls on the, the path, the rocky soil, and the seed that falls amongst the thorns. And each of these seeds represents the, the word of God that um, is planted into different people's lives. And um, these, these three types of uncultivated soil, so the path, the rocky soil and the thorns, they're, they're, they're uncultivated, aren't they? And, and the seed that's planted there doesn't produce a crop because these people fall away from God. They don't remain faithful or fruitful to God. But the word that falls in the good soil, this represents the people who hear the gospel, who respond to God and they're transformed by the word of God. And there's results in these people's lives. There's measurable, distinct results. And what I want you to notice is that good soil, it's cultivated. It's been tended. It's been developed. It's not just left au natural. Au natural is weeds and thorns. Okay, this good soil has been farmed. It's been um, nurtured and tilled in such a way to promote the growth of the seeds. And what I want you to know is that the church is like that good soil. If you want the seed of the word of God to, to flourish in your life, if you want the gospel to grow in your life, you need to be firmly planted in church. The church community is your good soil that is tended and cultivated and developed to enable optimum growing conditions for your spiritual life. If you go out on your own without an intentional church community to be part of, you know what? Either your faith is not going to survive or if it does survive, it's going to be um, stunted. You know, your, your life will produce a, a crop that is significantly less than what it could have been. 
Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I wholeheartedly believe that the more regular you are on a Sunday and the more connected you are with each other during the week, the stronger you will be in your faith life and in your whole life. It's simple. It's maths. <laughs> Accountability, though, must go deeper than how's your week and what are you cooking for dinner tonight? They're the conversations I have with the fellow who sits next to me at work. Hey, how's your week? Yeah, right. What, what are you cooking for dinner tonight? Oh, yeah, Thai beef curry. Awesome. Uh, they should not be the only conversations we have in the church. We can start there, but don't end there. <laughs> you know, it's a real privilege when I get to share in some of the, the, the deeper things of life with people. You know, the stuff that, that they, they wrestle with and um, the, the stuff that, that they uh, are needing someone to journey with them through. It's an honour and it's a privilege. And then when I make myself accountable or vulnerable before other people, when I share what's going on for me and what I'm wrestling with, you know, it's always significant for me to do that. It's always helpful. It's not easy, but it's important. And so our accountability with one another must be fierce. It must be challenging and deep and relentless and persistent and vulnerable. And at times it might make us feel a bit, bit sweaty and ick and a bit exhausted. Uh, but, you know, we need each other to, to pick us up when we don't think we can do this daily workout called life and to tell us, you can, you will, and we're with you. Here's a story from a lady. I, I got this online and she tells her a story of being part of a CrossFit gym. And so she, she says this. She says, I was given the task to complete 100 unbroken wall balls. The best way I can explain this is to imagine doing a squat. It's hard enough, isn't it, doing one of them? And on the way up, throwing a 10-pound ball at an archery target, 10 feet above you, 100 times without stopping. What do you think about that as a fitness activity? No. Yeah. So this lady says, she says, my first reaction was, nope, my legs are too weak. I was tired and I needed to get back to work anyway. Um, however, two members said to me, yes, you can. We did it. I smiled, she smiled and shrugged her shoulders, trying to walk quickly towards an exit. Who here would have done the same thing? <laughs> then one of the ladies said, come on, you're doing it. I'm going to count for you. I kept thinking, ugh, why do these people care? <laughs> Within seconds, both ladies were walking me over to the wall of doom where I was convinced I would fail. My legs were shaking after 25 and then I reached 31 and I dropped the ball. I couldn't complete it and I was mad. I tried to be kind and smile. I wanted to show my appreciation, but I was humiliated and frustrated. I kept thinking, I knew I couldn't do it. Then another lady from across the room stops what she's doing, walks over and says, I'll do them with you. As slow or as fast as you want, we will do this. She can't be serious, I thought to myself. Who would ever volunteer to do this? After five minutes of pure reassurance, 
that as a team we would suffer and succeed together, I decided to take one last shot. Having to start from the very beginning, remember it's unbroken, I was compelled to finish with my friend by my side. After 85, the ladies started cheering me on, saying, you can't stop now. You're almost finished, 95, 98, 100. These ladies were determined to get me through the belief that I couldn't do it and to prove to me that I could. They didn't care how much I whined or complained. They were not going to give up on me. When I thought that I'd had enough and threw my ball down, they didn't say, well, maybe next time. No. The number of cheerleaders increased and someone volunteered to partake in the suffering with me in order to get me through it. And, you know, she goes on to point out that this is exactly what the followers of Jesus should do. This is what the church should do. And I think this is exactly what fierce accountability looks like. This is what Hebrews 10.24 looks like. You know, they were motivating her. They were provoking her to keep going. And she was irritated by it and she was annoyed by it. But they kept on uh, motivating her to reach harder goals. The lady's goal in this was, was to change this person's attitude about the exercise and to do it with her so that she would achieve it and not give up. And they weren't taking no for an answer. This wasn't distant standoff kind of encouragement, was it? It was, it was encouragement that got sweaty and got exhausted with her. And our church community should be like this. Fierce accountability that says you can and I will do it with you. So that, you know what? Next time someone shares a difficulty or a problem with you and, and you, you know, a personal sin or a struggle they're having and you don't know how to respond, you can say this. You will get through this and let me do it with you. You will get through it. And I'll do it with you. The question I have for us is, is how, how can you have more accountability in your faith life? What will that look like for you? How can you have more accountability in your faith life? Here are two suggestions for you. One, find a mentor or a support person meet with them talk about your god life with them give that person permission to challenge you and to speak into your life ask them for guidance and wisdom read the bible with them discuss the bible with them apply it to your daily life and your problems together the second suggestion commit to prioritizing sunday meetings which clearly everyone here does. But commit to prioritising Sunday meetings. You know, CrossFit have the, the WOD, the WOD, the workout of the day, and it's scheduled by the coach. Do you know what this is? This is the wow. This is the worship of the week. Yeah? All right? Prioritise the wow in your week. You know, when I put together the wow, I'm strategic about it. I'm strategic about the stuff I cover on Sundays. I don't just randomly pick stuff to talk about so that you'll enjoy coming. 
I wait on God for stuff that's necessary and relevant to this local community of believers here in this town in, in this time. It's tailor-made for us. And, and being part of corporate worship is significant. Now, some of you would probably know that it's easy connect, to connect in on Sundays and it's easy to connect with people from the church on other days when everything's going hunky-dory in your life. When everything's running smoothly, getting to church is not a drama, is it? It's harder to connect when you're tired, when you're depressed, when you're anxious, when you've got stuff happening. They're the times when either we need to go and help that depressed, tired, anxious, struggling person connect in. But there are also the times that we need to know ourselves that, that that's when we really need to be here. You know, early on in my walk, I discovered that when I was feeling like that, the, the, the times that I least felt like being in church or going to a church thing, they ended up being the times I most needed to be there and most benefited from being there and was most grateful for having been there. Have you found the same thing? Now, I know some people miss getting along regularly on Sundays because of, of work. We have quite a few shift workers in our church, don't we? But I'd say, hey, commit to listening to the sermon. Commit to joining a small group. You know, make time in that week following to catch up with someone from church. So that's accountability. We need fierce accountability. Our third aspect of CrossFit is, is a shared goal. Now, the church can keep one another accountable because we have intentional shared goals for transformation, for spiritual training. We have a common purpose. Church life is not just random socialising. It's about mission. It's about God's kingdom. It's about his will being done. It's about spiritual formation and growth in our lives. And they are not simple goals. They're fierce goals. They're intense goals. And it's just like CrossFit. CrossFit is not just random exercise. It's focused, intentional workouts. It's based on data and measurements. And everyone's there with a the goal of getting fit and being healthy. They're there with the goal of transformation. You don't go to CrossFit if that's not your goal. Your progress is tracked on a whiteboard and there's a clock hanging in plain sight and your repetitions are counted. Your progress is tracked. There's measurable growth. There are fierce goals for fitness. One person said that when they started CrossFit, they lost a lot of weight and a lot of inches around their, their stomach. And people wouldn't ask if this person was working out. People would ask how he was working out. Because it was obvious from the changes in him that he was clearly doing something. He was clearly working out. And uh, when he would tell people that he was doing CrossFit, you know, they'd nod knowingly. Ah, yeah, of course, should have guessed. You know, they're not surprised because CrossFit has the reputation for seeing change in people's bodies. Now, here's the thing. The church should also have the reputation for seeing changed lives. The change in our lives and in the lives of others should be evident and obvious. It should be measurable. Church should have the reputation for seeing change that causes people to kind of nod knowingly. Ah, of course, 
That's why you're different. You've joined a church. As a church, we have shared goals. And in the broad sense, these are the goals of love and good deeds. So back to Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. The high, uh, uh, you know, Jesus standards that we hold, the accountability with one another and the goals we set will result in us being a people who love God, who love others and who do good deeds. So who, who outwork God's desire and will for this world. And these are not small or easy things to achieve. They are fierce goals. If you want to see spiritual transformation in your life and you don't share the goal of, of seeing... Um, if you don't want to see spiritual transformation in your life and if you don't want to see uh, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, you might get a little bit uncomfortable being part of CSC Coolman. But if you desire to see spiritual transformation in your life and if you want to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then you're going to love being part of this community. Because you're going to be surrounded by people who have the same goal and who are spurring one another on in these areas. What's our church goal or mission as a corporate church? What's, do you know what it is? Oh. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, that's kind of there. Yeah, so to have a point of connection with every home in the Coolerman Shire, meeting needs and bringing love, acceptance and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Who thinks that's a fierce goal? It's a fierce goal. It's a big one. It's not a goal for complacent people. We should be a church who, like the church in Acts 2.42, are devoted to worship and discipleship and care and mission. And this church, they, they met daily, didn't they? They searched the scriptures daily. They cared daily and they increased in number daily. So some questions for you to consider. Who am I connected with in this church? Who are you connected with in this church? Who am I accountable to with my spiritual formation? Is there someone in my life who holds me accountable to the high standards of being made in the image of Jesus? Who am I connected with in the wider community? In Coolerman, in Gamain, and beyond? Whose needs am I meeting? Who am I serving in love and good deeds? 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. This is a fierce calling that you have as a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We are the ecclesia of God who do the business of heaven. We are the fierce. However, we are also the friendly. We are the fierce, but we're also the friendly. Do you remember the description of CrossFit from the video at the start. People were talking about CrossFit as a community that made them happy, that there was a team atmosphere, there was camaraderie, there was family. You know, people knew you and loved you and encouraged you when you felt discouraged. 
Friendliness is a key part of CrossFit success. You know, at a regular gym, people arrive, they keep to themselves, they don't know each other's names, they do their individual workout and they go home. There's no eye contact, there's no smiling, it's just me and my treadmill and my fitness regime. But CrossFit gyms are friendly places where people are accepted wherever they're at fitness-wise. You know, you're not judged because you're overweight or because you're slow or you're weak. It doesn't matter whether you're the Incredible Hulk or whether you're Homer Simpson, everyone in a CrossFit gym is valued and included in the CrossFit community and people will cheer you on to help you reach the common goals. So churches are called to be fierce but also friendly. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So on one hand in this verse, we have this word spurring. So we've talked about this spurring, provoking, irritating one another to love and good deeds. But we've also got this word encouraging, encouraging one another. And this is a word that says comfort and console and, and inviting and cheering up and urging and persuading each other towards love and good deeds. So on one hand, we have the pointy stick kind of motivation. We are fierce. But on the other hand, we get alongside each other in a soft and gentle and nurturing way. We are friendly. You know, we the church will love and accept people where they are as people, where their spiritual maturity is at. We love their personality. We love their interests. We will not criticize. We will not condemn. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in that way you fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially, especially the family of believers. Brothers and sisters, church, lovingly and gently restore, support and set straight the believer who is sinning or stumbling. Have a humble attitude and carry each other's burdens. Do good to everyone, but especially those who are part of the church. We are a nurturing community that is loving and accepting and forgiving that's who Jesus is and that's who he's made his church to be. We are friendly, we enjoy time with each other, we warmly draw new people into our community and our friendship circles. We are not a church formed of cliques or family groups, we do not show favouritism, all are valued, all are important. We show an interest in each other and we look to one another's needs. We are the church and we are fierce but we are friendly. The challenge, of course, is that churches are so often one or the other, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're all fierce, but no friendly. You know, they're all goals and mission and excellence and pizzazz and, and spiritual vitality and strength, but they're not friendly, nurturing, warm, inviting places to belong. Or they're all friendly and no fierce. You know, they're nice social gatherings 
that make minimal impact on their communities and see little spiritual discipleship happening in their people. So how can CSE Coolerman be both? Well, here's two suggestions. I would encourage you to have someone that you are personally investing into, another person that you are personally spurring on towards love and good deeds. You're helping them stay accountable to the high standards of the gospel, accountable to their spiritual growth. You are challenging them and cheering them on. You're there to pick them up when they fall over and tell them they can when they think they can't and to offer to do it with them when they think that they can't do it on their own. You're spending regular time with this person in the word, in prayer, in life. You know, you might catch up with them once a week, once a fortnight, once a month, but you're intentional about that relationship. And I'd say to you on the flip side, find someone that you trust who will speak into your life, someone you can receive from, someone you can be real with and vulnerable with, whose wisdom you can seek, someone who's going to keep you accountable to your faith goals, someone who is sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and will bring out God's best in your life. The person you're investing in or receiving from, they might be the same person. Maybe they're different people. And you could call this mentoring. You could call this discipleship. You know what I'm going to call it? I'm going to call it CrossFit. You know, the name suits well, doesn't it? Spiritual training under the lordship of Jesus Christ, our coach, our Lord, the one who who gave his life upon a cross so that we might be freed from the old sin life we're born into and, and free to live full, complete, whole, healthy lives, you know, no longer ashamed of who we are, no longer weak and alone, but fit for service in his kingdom, adopted into his family and called to be part of the church. So I say to you, find a CrossFit partner. Find someone who's fierce and friendly. And the second thing, be part of our Sunday. Prioritise the wow. Prioritise the worship of the week. Be part of small groups. Let's call them CrossFit groups, shall we? You know, this year I hope to have a few groups running that are kind of going to bring some of the fierce into our training and church life, that sort of goes a bit deeper, that aims a bit higher, that pushes us out of our comfort zones and equips us with bigger spiritual muscles to do the work of the kingdom of God. And, you know, I've got some great content that I want to run that's really going to stretch you a bit. You know, there's something about sitting in someone's home, isn't it, that is so important for developing um, relationships. So church, you are the fierce and friendly people of God. And we've got God's business to do, haven't we? Let's go do it. Let's pray. Father God, um, fire us up. (laughs) May we be a church that is full of passion desire, devotion. May we be a church that is strong in the gifts of the Spirit. May we be a church that is full of love for you and full of love for your church and full of love for your world. Strengthen us, Father God. Grow our spiritual muscles. Form us into the image of Jesus. May we also be a friendly place. May we also nurture one another, care for one another, gently and lovingly restore one another when we're stumbling or
broken. Holy Spirit, for those uh, people who are part of our community that are, are struggling to really connect in, may we just get around them and embrace them and tell them, hey, you know what? Life, you, you can do it. You know, let me do it with you. Let me encourage you. May we be a people who are open-hearted. May we, may we notice needs and may we be selfless enough to meet those needs. Holy Spirit, come and equip us, empower us, inspire us, change us. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your work in this place. And in this coming week, may we be a blessing to one another and a blessing to those we meet. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.